Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Uppercut Podcast. We are here with UFC featherweight Damon Action Jackson. Uh, Damon is currently 22 and 4 and is on a four fight win streak. Damon, thank you so much for being here. For sure, man. Yeah, appreciate having me on. Yeah. Um, so before we begin, uh, we just wanted to extend our condolences uh, to you and your family for the loss of your brother. And we want to say that we respect you so much as an absolute warrior for uh, competing uh, on right after that happened. Uh, yeah, we it's it's insane that you did that. Um, uh, yeah, it was definitely it was it was definitely rough, but it was, you know, I felt like it was necessary. So it was just it felt good. Yeah. There and compete. Yeah. So for uh, the people at home that don't know. Um, you're coming off one of the most heart-wrenching and impactful wins uh, we've seen in the UFC ever. Um, Damon's brother sadly passed away just before his fight against Pat Sabatini on the uh, Sandhagen versus Song card. And you, you had every right to pull out of that fight, but instead you got the TKO in just a minute and nine seconds while your family was there. Um, I remember watching that and just getting goosebumps. What were you thinking about that in, in your head after that win? Uh, it was just nice to get it to get the win kind of over with because it was like really I couldn't really I was like a robot all week just kind of like prepping for weight cut doing my normal interviews doing all the stuff that I had to do and then um, you know once the fight was over I knew that's when I could like you know actually feel something because it was just you know I was just kind of ignoring the fact that it actually happened and it, you know it just didn't feel real honestly because I was um, just so engaged with fight week stuff and um you know, I had to push that off to the side because I knew how important the fight was to me and what it would mean to my family. So it was just, uh, it was nice whenever I got the win just to kind of like let loose. And, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, crazy emotion. It just took over me for sure as soon as it was over. Yeah. Um, did you ever even have a second uh, thought about fighting or were you always going to fight? No, no, I um, I wanted that fight pretty bad because they were hyping Pat up just, you know, and it was... Uh, yeah. It, it was for it was good. He was, you know, he's got a lot of talent. It's not like, you know, I knew something that everybody else didn't know. Like I knew he was tough. I knew it was a, you know, tough matchup. I knew that I had to be like on point with everything, and to go out there and get a win the way it happened was just, you know, perfect. I couldn't have asked for any more. But it was just nice to get out there and, um, you know, get to do what I do, and it paid off great. It was awesome. Never yeah. expected that though. No, for, I I can imagine. So uh, after beating Sabatini, I saw on Tapology. Now you're ranked, you're 15th featherweight on their website. Is there anyone else you've been eyeing up after him, like a top 10 guy, um, anyone specifically, or just someone ranked? Honestly, just someone ranked because it's like you know that's the best way to get towards the title is fighting ranked fights. So um, you know, like I, I personally had messaged a, a few guys, and um, you know Julian Rosa. We talked a little bit. He has a matchup already. Uh, so he'll be fighting like at the end of November. And um, and then uh, Dan Inge, me and him went back and forth. He agreed to fight me. So that's something that's definitely on the table. And then um, Alice Canceres is in the rankings. Um, they were talking about putting uh, Sadiq Yusuf in uh, as a replacement for um, the Bryce Mitchell fight. Um, I'm not sure who they're putting in. But if they put Ilya Tapura in, if they put him in, then I would like to fight, um, you know, I would like to fight Danny Gay, Sadiq, or Alex Canceres, one of those guys. And I'm just open to fighting whoever. Like, I don't really care. I'm not really um, the guy that picks my matchups like that. I just tell them I'm ready to go, and they've been booking me fights like crazy. So um, I would like to get one more in this year for sure. Yeah, that's – um, yeah, it's impressive how, how often you do fight because uh, you have – and you're on a four fight win streak. So I know that feels good. 
do you have a favorite uh spot that you fight at or a favorite city to fight in um man i would love to fight in dallas i have such a big fan base here from you know i grew up about an hour and a half from dallas and uh so up in oklahoma or texas would be pretty cool but uh honestly i haven't fought here since 2018 so it, it would just be different but you know, I, I don't mind fighting in Vegas at the PI because of the way it's set up with mm. um, the PI and the Apex are right next to each other. And you can just cut weight and work out there the whole time. So it's really easy to fight there. Um, and I've really kind of in, enjoyed going there. You know, I just I don't I'm not a big Vegas guy, but I like to, you know, go there and have all that stuff just right there. Like at the PI and the uh, Apex right next to each other is pretty cool. Yeah. Mikey. Um. So you just mentioned the Apex and me and Max talked about on another little segment. Uh. Do you still think the apex is like a necessity to fight at? Do you think they should start playing it more around cities with crowds, like all the fight yeah. nights? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know, man. I think if you have a big enough draw, then it's worth it. But for them, and I think that uh, a lot of people don't understand that is that the whenever all the employees work in Las Vegas, they all like live there permanently, so they just work out of Las Vegas, but they have to travel every time that they have a big event or an event outside of Vegas, they have to travel. So um, it's a lot of things you got to pull together with, with travel, with transportation, um, with people doing different hotel rooms with um, they got to find fighters, the right place to cut weight at. They've got to go through all this trouble just to make a fight night happen. And if it's not a really big fight night that they can sell out, then it just puts them in a really weird position. So like as a business, like a you know just understanding that i would say that it makes way more sense for them to have every single fight in vegas and then um only travel for pay-per-view cards because that's only once a month maybe maybe twice on sometimes but you know once a month or twice a month traveling as opposed to four times a month is a lot different and it's just a lot less stressful yeah that makes a lot of sense um when you explain it like that we figured yeah we figured it was a lot cheaper for them but i also just didn't take into account the uh employees that's a really good point um yeah so i i have just a personal question um you fought just a ton of people who has anyone stuck out to you as like the hardest hitter like who's the hardest puncher you've faced uh this uh this kid he's actually a 35er his name's levi moles and he's uh i fought him in lfa and mm -hmm. he's a 35er and he came up because one of my opponents pulled out so he he stepped up and we fought. Um, it was just like such a scrappy fight. And I don't know if it was because it was just a, an opponent change last minute. Yeah. Why I thought, why I thought he was, you know, so different, but he called me some good shots, man. And, um, you know, he definitely got me good, but, um, you know, Ilya, Ilya Tapura, he, he punches pretty hard too. Um, mm. you know, I would love to have that fight again. That was really frustrating performance. Um, yeah. you know, I just wasn't prepared for his style that way because I, I saw very little video on him. And it was like the video you got was all him grappling. So um, I was not expecting that fight. And I would love to run that back with him. So I think he's a hard hitter, though, for sure. Yeah. And is there any like one punch that stuck out to you as like the hardest punch, singular punch you've ever taken? Uh, you know, not really one punch. I can't really think of that. A couple mm -hmm. of times I've got I've got hit and um, I've you know, I have a pretty good poker face. I don't really yeah. like wince or smile or do a lot of you know extra things on my face in the middle of the fight so like i you know i pulled it off a couple of times but um i've got hit with some shots you know to the ribs that really got me and yeah. um that's why that's why i say Ilya hit, hits hard because he he caught me with a good body shot and i don't really 
when people hit me with body shots in practice, I usually just hit a really good counter after. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even, like, it doesn't even phase me, but he caught me good. Um, and honestly, it's because I wasn't ready for that that style of fighting. And we had those four-ounce gloves on. So body shot with yeah. those four-ounce gloves, it'll get you good. And, and you know, it'll put you down. But, um, yeah, I'd say that one for sure when he caught me in the body first. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, Mikey, did you have one? So speaking of all like the tough opponents you faced, we watched your uh, Charles Rosa fight, and that was just it was a gruesome war. Like, what's your recovery process like after that? That was a pretty good recovery. It took me about a week to like really feel like uh, I wanted to go like do a good workout or do whatever. Normally, I I maybe am like two days after, and I go for a hard run or I go do something like in in a really hard workout and. I don't really wait that long as long as my body's like healthy. But um, that fight was kind of, you know, it took me a little while. I don't know what happened. Like, it was kind of weird. I had a few really weird weight cuts where I would, you know, the weight, cutting the weight was never an issue, but it was the rehydrating part that was kind of messing me up. And so after that fight, I kind of changed a few things and it's been great ever since then. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I think that it, that's whenever I felt the most fatigue was because of my rehydration. Uh, rehydration and my weight cut was a little off so my body just didn't recover well but I usually recover after like two or three days and I'm you know working out again it's always like lighter you know I take a I take a full week of real light workouts and then I go back to training Mm, and uh how are your weight cuts like how far out are they do you do it when you start getting to Vegas are you already prefacing it beforehand oh yeah yeah I do it the week uh the week before I go I I start doing some weight like um I I cut quite a bit of weight off but I'm I'm honestly I I slim down but I stay I stay really close to where I can make weight all Mm. the time you know I, I can make weight um you know in two or three days right now with no prep I could do it. It would suck for sure. I think it would be rough, but um, I could do it at any time. You know, like when I go to do my weight cuts, I walk around about seventy three, and when I, when I go to when I go to fight, I'm walking around about sixty eight. So it's really not that much difference. Um, I can make it work, but it would definitely be rough. Yeah. So you've talked. You just mentioned um, you changed some of your rehydration uh, tactics. Yeah. So you've been in the UFC. This is your second stint in the UFC, and since returning, you're five and one. And you're currently on a four fight win streak, as we mentioned. Uh, what is yeah. different about your approach now and what what does you change? Um, you know, I, I had to tell this to a lot of people, like, because they don't really understand everything I did. But like mm. whenever I first started in the UFC, like my first time around, I'd only been fighting for a year and a half and I okay. made it in. I, I had nine fights and I beat Leonard Garcia on mm. my ninth fight. And that's what got me in the UFC. So I, you know, like, you know, as far as like a career goes, like that's nothing. A year and a half yeah. is like nothing so like i made it into the ufc super fast um didn't have um any kind of mindset of like what to train and how to train and like you know i, I knew nothing so like i think just that time from then to now is just me being a better martial artist like learning every aspect like from jujitsu to wrestling to striking from muay thai to boxing to you know taekwondo like i'm learning all these things. And, you know, I still practice like I'm a child to this day. I still, I still do basic jujitsu, basic wrestling. I wrestle with high school kids. I wrestle with, um, you know, I, I coach youth wrestling and, um, I, I teach people the most basic things. And I do that, you know, I do it every day. And that's like my, you know, my full-time job as a trainer and, and, uh, you know, I coach. So, um, you know, I'm working training full-time and, you know, just becoming better at, you know, learning from better martial artists. 
Yeah. So um, you had to go, sounds like you had to go back and, you know, just get more experience in order to be successful this go around. Um, yeah. Was there a lowest point in your career? And if so, what was it? How'd you get through it? Uh, probably whenever I, um, so I made it, uh, I went back to LFA and mm. I had a, like a four or five fight win streak. And then I lost to Kevin Aguilar. And then I came back from that and I had like five or six fight win streak. And then I went to, I was like, I couldn't get into the UFC. I was like begging them. I was like, you know, like, please just give me a shot. Like, give me anyone, like, give me somebody good. Like, give me someone that, you know, I'll lose to like, give me something. And they just wouldn't give me anything. And the, it just wasn't a good time to get in the UFC at the time. So I went to PFL and I got caught with a fucking knee, like 10 seconds into the fight. And, yeah. uh, and so now that's like, whenever someone wants to talk shit to me that that's like, they send me that clip. I'm like, dude, like, come on, find something oh. new. Like, I'm like, you know, like this is good. Like this, I dropped social media for about three years and I just, yeah. cause like, I just don't give a shit. It's like, it's childish. Like it's all BS, but it does. It, it there's a lot of good from it too. But, um, you know, when I made it back to the UFC, I was like, man, I've got to, I've got to get some of this stuff back because, uh, I'm missing out on a lot of opportunities with, you know, sponsors and with, yeah. you know, interviews and everything. So, um, but I'd say that's my lowest point was whenever I went to PFL and I got caught the knee and I was like, dude, like, uh, and then they wouldn't give me a fight the whole year. Like, you know, fuck PFL, like fuck those guys. Like I would never, <laughs> I would never, if you, if you can't make it in the UFC, then go to PFL. If you can't yeah. make it in Bellator, then go to PFL, but no, fuck PFL. And I, you know, I, I, I put my foot down hard on that. Cause I, the way they did me was so fucked up. They, they were telling me, Oh yeah, you're, you're going to fight this card you're gonna fight this card mm. and they kept pushing me off pushing me off until the tournament was like coming to the end and i'm like you guys didn't give me a fight the whole year like i had that one fight and i and i got caught and like then after that they would they wouldn't let me fight and i was yeah. like this makes no sense like i was like so uh i i had to threaten them with the lawsuit and then they finally released me Damn. and um I went, I went back to lfa and i was like there's no fucking way i'm gonna get in that ufc like there's no way you know and then I, I had my fight against, you know, for the title. Uh, I had one or two fights, and then I fought for the title. Uh, and then um, uh, COVID happened, and mm -hmm. that's when everybody, when UFC was coming back, and they were, like, pulling people in, yeah. like, weekly. There was someone new getting signed because of a replacement. And uh, so I was just banking every week. I was cutting weight, and I was prepping for weight cuts every single week that they had a 45-er or a 55-er. Mm -hmm. I was, like, I would prep the whole week like I was cutting weight on Thursday. And I couldn't even go to the gym and train. We yeah. had to do like all these secret workouts and stuff. And so I had to do all my conditioning and all my bag work. And I wasn't doing any grappling because no one wanted to grapple. And yeah. um, and then I got the call because they like they needed uh, someone to fill in for Bectic. And they asked like 10 guys or something. And uh, no one would take it and no one could take it. So uh, they finally had to give me a shot. And it was just, you know, perfect, you know, way to come back. But that was a really low time for sure. Right before I made it back in. Yeah, I can imagine. And you're actually the second fighter we've interviewed that uh, had like an issue with PFL. I don't know if you know Corey Hendricks. He was on Tough. Uh, yeah. We interviewed yeah. him a while ago and he uh, we were interviewing him before his most recent fight. And he was pissed that he even had to be fighting like in the I think he was like in the wild card for the playoffs or something like that. He was, he was yeah. pissed at PFL as well. So yeah, sounds yeah. like a little bit of a shady area. Uh, Mikey, I know you had a question. So I'm, I know, like, obviously the UFC is the pinnacle of mixed martial arts, but was there anything you'd like better about the LFA or was it more just a stepping stone to get nah, you to your I, point? Dude, 
LFA is like the best promotion to make it to the UFC mm-hmm. and the way that they, that that's how they, they understand that they understand that they're never going to con- try to compete with the UFC. And I think that that, that goes a long ways. Cause that's why I re- the reason why Bellator um, is kind of like everybody overlooks it as like a up and comer and fighter. No one wants to fight there unless they want to like stay there. It's like, yeah. it's like all the people that get cut from UFC, go to Bellator, they go somewhere like that. And, it, and it's respectable. Like it, the promotion has been around for a long time and it's not easy, but LFA is, it was so good for building fighters and to build you, build you up or build you back up. LFA is the way to go. And now they've expanded. Now they're going to Brazil and like they're traveling all around the U S so it's, it's so cool to see what Ed Swords, what he's done with that promotion is like unreal. And it's just growing so much. And that, that, that group of guys and that, that whole team is great. And, any any young fighter out there, if they could fight for LFA, I would tell them to do it. You know, in a heartbeat for sure. Yeah. Um. So just one final question for you, and then we'll let you go. Um. There's been this controversy surrounding fighters like Kamaru Usman and Sam Al- Alvi having their kids ringside at the fights. Would you ever mm-hmm. have your daughters ringside, or would you let them even watch you fight? No, I don't even let. Them. I I I tell them I'm like, hey guys, you know, like don't watch it on TV. Like don't yeah. you know like. If you if you want to watch it, you can, but understand like what I'm doing. But yeah, I would never want the pressure of uh, thinking like you know, like my my wife and my dad and my mom, like they go to all my fights, and mm. I think about them. And so like whenever I'm thinking about um, my kids, that's like a different thing. Like yeah. I might go in there and like try to kill somebody. Like I, I would literally like <laughs> thinking it's like self defense. Like it would yeah. it would be the wrong mindset for me because. Um, if my kids are around and I had to get in like a fight, it yeah. would not be good for the other person. I would definitely, yeah. it would, you know, it's like, it's just different mindset for me. I, I, I don't think it's normal to get hit in the face. I don't think it's normal to get kicked yeah. in the legs and like, you know, have your arms snap in half. Yeah. And like, even if you don't lose by knockout, you know, if they see you like get choked and you pass out and then, you know, then the ambulance has got to come get you. Like, it's so traumatic. And as a kid, um, you can't really understand that. You can't grasp yeah. like, know that it's a sport it's it's just a fight and it's like you know you're beating my dad up like it's crazy to think i i couldn't imagine taking them there but everybody's got different ideas with it but for me it's fighting is not normal so for um you know for a kid to see it it's hard for them to like grasp everything and especially when you have that emotional attachment as like a dad or a family member it's that's rough yeah, I completely agree. I, that makes so much sense. Um, thank you again for coming on. Good luck in the future. You got you got a bunch of fans over here rooting for you. We're going to be, you know, telling everybody about your story and we can't wait to see what you can do and we believe in you. So good luck. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you.